on everyone, welcome to Free Kick, the AFLW Fantasy Pod. Today is very exciting because it's our final clubs and days review. We've made it to the Bulldogs. So, wow, 18 clubs in not quite 18 days, but you know what? We gave it our best crack and that's all that matters. So today I'm joined by my co-host Will. Once again, Will, how's it going? Not too bad, Mel. How are you going? We're finally at the end. It's been a, a big undertaking once again, but we, we've done it. We're at the end. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Oh, I was just saying to Liam, I was like, oh man, that was exhausting. And then I remembered that I came back from my holiday halfway through. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I really can't talk. <laughs> you two have been doing all the work here. No, but it's exciting. It's uh, it's one of my favourite things to do, this preseason review. Um, really gets me excited for the fantasy season. So let's get into it. Bulldogs, tell me about the dogs. How have they been going? Yeah, Western Bulldogs been one of the teams that have just continued to be there or thereabouts throughout their history, and they were up at the pointy end again last season, 7-3, and three, uh, finished 7th, so they're in that group of teams that were really pushing up towards those teams that did finish in the top four, and they lost mm-hmm. their first final against Collingwood. In terms of uh, the team, it's probably the most settled team in the competition. They had barely any ins and outs with the only major change that we can really point out being uh, Nell Morris Dalton heading over to the Pies. Uh, but beyond that, they seem to be fairly well settled. Yeah, really a really similar team, which makes this an interesting one from a fantasy perspective. We get quite excited when there's trades because then we get to see players unlock new potential or shuffles around uh, in the lines. But yeah, with not a lot of movement, we're probably going to be talking about some of the same players that we were this time last year. Yeah, for sure. And it probably also means that a lot of the the change and how they're going to improve is going to have to come from a lot of a lot of coming from within and probably a lot from some of their, their younger players. Yeah. Speaking of younger players, we had a very interesting interview with Riley Wilcox. I wasn't actually on that one, but... <laughs> but I was, so... <laughs> Let's throw to it now then. Good everyone. We are very lucky to be joined today by a Western Bulldogs young gun. We have Riley Wilcox with us. Riley, how's it going? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Firstly, thank you for joining us. Uh, how's the preseason going so far? I understand you've had a bit of an interrupted preseason. Yeah, no, it's been great. Glad to be back with all the girls. Um, we had a pretty long break, so yeah, just glad to get into it. Yeah, watching watching the girls, we're looking pretty good. Um, no, I love it. 2022 ended with a, a first week finals loss for the Dogs. So how, how has a group of you really gone about discussing where to next? So what's the message sort of heading into the new season? Yeah, we want to create a um, free-flowing, I guess, game style, make it really exciting for the fans. And, yeah, that's what we're aiming for round one for the rest of the season. So, yeah, that's what we've been focusing on, just giving what the fans want, I guess. <laughs> um, so, yeah, excited to see uh, what we can bring to round one and for all the rest of the games. Yeah, absolutely. And you yourself, you were taking pick 22 for dogs last year and you ended up playing 10 games in your debut season, which is pretty exciting. Was that something you were expecting or? Yeah, no. So obviously I had school in that year, mm. uh, year 12 too. So doing BCE, it was a bit of a struggle, um, but the club got around us, me, Heidi and Killy. Um, and yeah, we tried to rock, to rock up to many trainings as we could. Didn't expect to play. And then when we got when I got called up for round one, I was like, oh, my God, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> like, didn't expect it whatsoever. But, yeah, I thank Berkey and all the team for 
giving me the opportunity and yeah just it I guess it was a domino effect and yeah so grateful for the opportunity that they gave me throughout my doing year 12 I guess and having faith in me um but yeah no I loved it a bit yeah and it was quite a unique situation last year for a lot of players yourself included with having to yeah. play with school how how did that go and did you play any school footy in that time or were you just purely focused on the AFLW yeah, no, I so I didn't play school footy during that time. It was fully focused on Western Bulldogs. It was a struggle. Like sometimes we would have sacks on like a day after training and it would be a bit hectic, but the club really supported us through that hard time and also my school supported me, um, like changing sack dates and stuff like that. So, yeah, the support was amazing. They really understood where we came from and I'm grateful for the opportunity. And, yeah, just the support was incredible. Yeah, absolutely. And you yourself played a bit across the wing and half forward line, but as a school-aged player, was it intimidating coming up against some of the the bigger, more experienced players? Uh, How'd you feel playing that role? Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, we are, um, you don't really go into the inside inside pack, I guess. So uh, (laughs) it suited me well, being my height, obviously I'm quite, I'm quite short. But yeah, I just played to my strengths, which is strength and agility. And yeah, just backed myself in those contests. And yes, it was a bit scary. But once I got out there, I was like, right, let's let's do this. Let's back yourself. Let's play to your strengths and you'll be fine. So I guess kind of I was a bit scared at the start of the season. But then mm. I was perfectly, when, once I got to the game, I was like, all right, this is just another game. Like, um, So control the controllables, I guess. I can't yeah. grow much taller. Um, <laughs> but yeah play to your strengths and you'll be fine, I guess is what I say to myself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Did you ever accidentally get into a matchup with uh, one of the opposition rucks or anything like that? Or did you just steal pretty clear of that? No, I just very clear of that. Um, But yeah, there's a, there's a few tall wingers in there. um, And I remember looking up to one and I was like, Oh my God, how am I going to beat you? (laughs) But yeah, no, I just, I block that out of my, block it out of my game and like focus on myself in a way and just do me. That'll be all right. Yeah, for sure. And you did mention you're obviously fairly short in stature, but you're actually not the shortest player on the Bulldogs list. I believe that uh, is Ange Gogos. Do you ever line up on her and uh, think, gee, I'm feeling pretty tall? Nah, nah. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Nah. Um, Daisy Bateman's my height too. So yeah, nah, I don't, don't line up against anyone. And I don't know. I, I feel pretty short out there. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned you're really happy with the, the faith that the club put into you last season. and It really did pay dividends. You end up pulling fifth in the Rising Star, which is an incredible achievement. After such a great first season, I suppose, what are your personal goals for improvement heading into to 2023? Yeah, so at the moment, my focus is just to try and get to round one, considering my injury. I guess I'm not really focusing on like the small goals at the moment. But yeah, once we get into the season... Just see what I can improve on each week and what I can do next game. But yeah, definitely just holding myself accountable and knowing what I need to improve on um, each week. But yeah, at the moment, my aim is for round one. Yeah, that's good. So the, the rehab's going all good, I suppose. You're on track for round yeah. one? Yeah, yeah that, on track. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's great to hear. And I guess the Bulldogs, they've had a pretty strong core of players throughout their history, in particular in the midfield. So you've got, you know, Captain Ellie Blackburn, Kirsty Lamb, who's also been in the All-Australian conversation a lot of times. Have those on-field leaders really helped you in your development, especially with school and things last year? Have any, has anyone in particular taken you under their wing? Yeah, I'm going to say Ellie Blackburn. She's an incredible captain. I've learned so much from her on not only on the field, but also off the field, uh, professionalism and all that kind of stuff. 
But, yeah, she really looks out for me and the young ones and she always checks in how we're going. But, yeah, no, she's incredible. And also, like, just, in fact, everyone, to be honest. Mm. Um, They always look out for us youngies. And, yeah, but definitely Ellie Blackburn has taken me under her wing and showed showed me around and how how to do this, what not to do. So, yeah, no, she's incredible and I love it a bit. (laughs) Fantastic to hear. Last season we did see some incredible breakout years, not just yourself, but also in the ruck from Alice Edmonds. I guess the first question we have is, can you believe that she didn't make the All-Australian team? We sure, we sure can't. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone was a bit shocked, but um, you can't control that. So she's had an amazing, out, uh, amazing season last season. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to see what she can bring this season too. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose the the flip side of that coin was here at Free Kick, we were really pumping up uh, Celine Moody to be the one that had the yeah. breakout year in the ruck. And uh, she still had a really good year, but mostly playing up forward, um, which threw us a little bit. Has, uh, has Nathan Burke thrown any curveballs around this preseason that you've seen? No, I don't think so. Not yet. But yeah, I guess you're going to have to wait um, for the season to see what he throws at you. Um, but yeah, <laughs> no. Nah, you never know these days with Berkey. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. And I mean, you've got a perfect out in saying, oh, I haven't been seeing it. I've been in the rehab group. So I'll uh, I'll give you a pass on that one. Um, But I suppose you've had a fairly settled list. Has, has, Has that sort of continuity in the group, regardless of those positional changes, been a bit of a focus? We know that, as we said, there's a strong midfield core and there's been sort of minor changes to the group. Is that sort of a big focus, basically continuing to improve on what you do well rather than doing wholesale changes? Yeah, definitely. I think just like improving our fundamentals. I think mm. if we get that right, we'll we want we would do what we want to do. Um, guess just like really executing our skills right, and we can play the way we want to play. Um, it would be very beneficial to us. Um, so yeah, just focusing on the small things, and it will then paint a bigger picture. Excited for this season for yeah, sure. Absolutely. And uh, finally, question we love to ask, which is who at the Dogs do you reckon is set for a really big season this year, big breakout in the the Alice Edmonds mould? Yeah, um, I'm going to have to say Ali Beckburn. You get, I can back her any day. Um, also, Izzy Pritch, Pritchard. Mm. Um, yeah, she's been, she had another, she had a really good season last season. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to see what she brings to our team. Excited for everyone, to be honest, uh, yeah. for this season. So, yeah, but definitely Pritch is who I'm excited to see, yeah. Oh, fantastic. And I love the loyalty to your, to your skipper, giving her the uh, the juice. <laughs> <laughs> always, always. Uh, we, we love Ellie Blackburn here. So we might wrap it there. Thank you so much, Riley, for, for coming on and good luck Welcome. with the rehab and good luck for the season ahead. Thank you so much, Will. I appreciate it. No worries. Oh, that was a great one to listen to and, you know, just momentous occasion to reflect back on how many player interviews we've had in this Clubs and Days series. I mean, it's just been amazing, and what a go- one! Eh, pardon, what a one to go out on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So good with words. It was great to uh, have a chat with with Riley, a uh, young young superstar. As we heard from from her, amazing to be able to juggle going to school with mm. actually playing AFLW football, and we hope for a really big second season from her. Though we do know that she's had a, a few injury problems over the preseason, but. Definitely one to look forward to, and we thank Riley for coming on and being our final guest of this Clubs in Day series. Woohoo! So, getting into our one, two, three, four, fives, I, I'm looking at the names here, and the first couple I'm very familiar with. Let's hit it. Who's your number one? So, the number one is defender Katie Lynch, and Katie Lynch is a player that fantasy players from last season and the seasons past will be very familiar with because she's a player that mm. 
is always in that contention to be a top five defender. But we've sort of talked about this with some of the other players in this series that when she's playing well, gee, she's good. She's got a ceiling in the 90s, finished last season with a 94 in that final against Collingwood. But if they come up against a team that's just that little bit taller going up forward, she can have games where she just doesn't score because she has to play a lockdown role. And ironically, that actually happened against Collingwood in season six, where she scored an 11, which was a really good comparison. So last season, she was fairly consistent until a patch uh, right near the end of the season where she went on a three-game run of 32, 42, 43 against a range of opposition, Melbourne, the reigning premiers, and West Coast, one of the teams that were the easiest to score against. So Mm. it really is role-dependent for Katie Lynch. Having said that, I still think she's a fairly dependable pick. You know that she's probably going to average quite easily mid to high 50s, possibly in the 60s if she does get a full season, playing more as the interceptor rather than the key fullback. Yeah, interesting. So definitely up and down and a little bit unpredictable, like you said, based on the the matchups. What type of scenario do you see her fitting well in your team? Is she like a a set and forget, or are you going to try pick it ahead of a specific scenario? I think for me, I think she's an upgrade target. I think that because we know that her role can change, I'm probably hesitant to pick her straight off, especially when there are a few other players we've talked about that I think present better value. But at the same time, if you can get her in around that round six, seven mark, as your, you know, D4 or even D5 through upgrades, I think she's a really good player, especially if she is on a really good scoring run. Yeah, makes sense. And your number two, got a, a shout-out from the, the back of Riley's interview there. Take us through this one. So, yeah, number two, speaking of good scoring runs, is the mm. captain, Ellie Blackburn. She's a player that I love watching just from a footballing point of view. She's explosive. She's been one of the best players in the competition pretty much the entire competition. Yeah, And one of the things we've always noted about Ellie Blackburn is she always starts the year really, really fast. So it's one of the the things that I would say is if you're going to pick Ellie Blackburn, it's not the worst thing to start with her. If she comes on a tear at the end of the season, similarly, maybe pick her up then. We've talked a lot about the midfield and there's a lot of other options in the midfield that I think a probably better value. She does have a ceiling over a hundred, but I think that around the she's she's in that awkward price slash average yeah. where yes, she's going to be a good player for you, but for the same price, you might be able to get someone who goes a bit higher, or you could go down to one of the injured Collingwood players, for example. It's a bit of an awkward one for me. Yeah, a bit of a mid price madness going in on here. Um, remind me what she's priced at. Um, she's priced at her average of eighty four which is probably still a bit unders, but at the same time, Blackburn's averaged pretty consistently in those mid-80s throughout her AFLW career. So I can't see her jumping up into those high 90s. I think an average of 90 is probably the best you're going to get, which isn't bad by any stretch. It's Mm. just when you're playing the numbers of this game, it mightn't be enough to to really Justify. justify picking her straight away. Yeah, no, makes sense. Oh, number three. Love to see it. Underrated. Yeah, number three, Alice Edmonds. Said it in the Riley Wilcox interview. I'll say it again. Absolutely robbed of the All-Australian blazer last season. The reason I've put her so low, she's probably a more reliable scorer than both Lynch and Blackburn, but quite simply, it's because premium rucks aren't that interesting to talk about because Alice Edmonds would quite simply be a set and forget or an upgrade later in the season. Simple as that. You know what you're going to get from her. 
She's going to average around that sort of 60 to 70 mark if, you, if you're really optimistic, I suppose. If you're really optimistic, she could push up towards Bree Moody, who did average 77. Edmonds coming in at priced at 71. I don't think there's a whole lot of upside with Edmonds, but at the same time, and this is what we've said about a number of these rucks is, yeah. you pick her, she'll just score your 70-ish throughout the year. Great. Possibly a bit more of a unique one because Brianne Moody is such a well-known name and the top top tier, I guess, for that set-and-forget right position. So she, she can give you similar value, maybe a little bit more unique. Yeah, and it's basically the exact same said thing we said with Gabby Seymour. She's mm. almost the exact same player in a fantasy sense as Gabby Seymour. Both of them averaged within 0.1 of each other, 71.4, 71.3. They're both owned by 14.67 of the competition you can't really go wrong with them. I just will say that they're just part of a, a pack of rucks that you could pick, and that's that's what you do with them. You just pick them. You set them, and then you forget them. Yep, set and forget. <laughs> oh, I love it. Number four, an interesting one. Yeah, number four with the Bulldogs. We've mentioned that they're very they're very set in terms of how their team makeup's going to be. So we've had to sort of look for a bit of interest in terms of the players and the player I've picked at number four is someone we were quite keen on last season but it was coming off a major injury so it's not surprising they didn't quite reach the heights that we thought they would and that's Gabby Newton. We know Gabby Newton is a super talented player, former number one pick. She was basically playing as a key forward for the first time last season. Mm. She looked good in the role. It wasn't a particularly fantasy friendly role it must be said. She started the season pretty well with scores of 86, 46, and then 67 against some weaker opposition. And then from there, she only scored above 50 once. But I think what's important is she sort of built into the season. She's now had another preseason in the role, which is something that we talked about in our interview. I think she's one that could present a bit of value. Again, this is quite a, a specky pick, I will say that. But she's a super talented player, and there's a reason we were super interested in her last year. We know she's got a reasonably good ceiling. Um, she's got a highest ever score of 99, a few 90s, when she was playing more as a, a half-forward flanker, I suppose, in her earlier career. So if she can sort of mix and match those two roles, I don't think it's unreasonable for her to jump up in average up to around about a f- maybe a 55-60, which would be pretty good for a player who is priced at only 40. Yeah, no, that's some... That's some- Gosh, if she can jump up to 55, 60, that's possibly 20 points increase. So that could be huge. Mm. Could be huge, but I will say once again, as, as a forward like she is, if she is playing more as that marking target rather than sort of a, an, on, an on-baller, I suppose, playing forward, the role doesn't necessarily lead itself to fantasy football, but we know she can score well. So if you're willing to take a punt on her like the 1% of the competition <laughs> in the official platform that currently are, who knows, you might have the bargain pick of the year. Yep, games made on unique, so that could be it. And if we thought number four was Specky, I don't know, but I've actually never heard the name of number five here. I don't know if I've just been... The the Bulldogs, for some reason, seem to be a little bit of a black hole for me that I never seem to venture too deeply into, but talk us through number five. Yeah, number five, I had to really do a deep dive into the Bulldogs <laughs> list oh, good, to find it because I put the first four down in, in my five pretty easily and I had a blank space for number five for, I reckon, about two weeks just trying to think of this. And the player I've settled on is Maggie Gorham. She was picked up as a free agent. She was a former pick number four for GWS, so clearly there's some talent mm. there. 
She stepped away and retired after one season, never played a game for GWS, and so was a basement price rookie. Mm. So we obviously don't know a huge amount about her other than her draft profile and basically what we heard from the Giants, which is that she's a pretty talented mid-half forward type player. But there's clearly a reason that GWS have picked her up, with, uh, GWS have picked her up as in the draft, and there's another reason why the Bulldogs have now picked her up again. And I'm basically looking at it thinking, at that sort of price, if you're looking for a speculative pick that may become a bit of a cash cow later in the season, perhaps, maybe not as a starting rookie, but someone to go down to, maybe just keep an eye on her, because she's one of those players that if she gets into the Bulldogs' side you're probably going to be able to to downgrade maybe a, another player to get her into your team to make some money, and maybe she'll be a good scorer. Yeah, yeah. You said uh, mid-forward. What's she listed as? She's listed as a midfielder, Okay. which makes sense because she is a midfielder, but I suppose she's played a bit across both lines as a lot of uh, young players do. So, yeah, one to keep an eye out for. I think could be an interesting talent just in terms of from a football perspective because hmm. it's always disappointing when we lose – young talent like that to the game early and hopefully she can have a really good second crack at it yeah and that's why i love this uh this kind of format is even though you know i've been staring at fantasy names for quite a while uh in aflw still get to you know hear other opinions and see names that i haven't considered before so now i'm gonna you know tuck this one away in the back of my brain um for when i need a future downgrade option in the midfield and uh yeah good to know yeah so I'm a little. I'm. I'm going to try and press you here because I know what you're going to do, Mel, and I'm going to try and push something out of you. But Mel, quickly, your Mel special. I I don't like this, but but go on. <laughs> so my Mel special is that these are particularly the first four names that you've thrown out here are probably the best fantasy potential players at the Bulldogs, and I'm not too sure if there's anyone else that we really want to be considering right now. Looking at the ownership of the the game from a couple of days ago, so 13th of August. The Bulldogs players, you've got Lynch as defender, 17% owned. Next highest, you've got Edmonds as a ruck, 15% owned. Then you've got Blackburn as a mid, 6.5% owned, so we're, we're dipping down already. And then it kind of, kind of falls off a cliff. Uh, there's no forwards that are highly owned so far. My key takeaway here for the Mel special is Bulldogs are made for scoring actual points, not fantasy points. And therefore, maybe don't consider too many other Bulldogs players for your fantasy squad right now. Which is a real special that I've saved for the final episode, which is I have no recommendations at all. I'm actually shaking my head here. But there's one player that I'm going to force you to talk about because you've written their name down here. And that's Britt Goodnecht. She's the most highly owned forward at the Bulldogs at 2.5%. Can you give me anything about why that might be the case? I've got to say, I've been trying to figure this out, and I don't actually know. Do you have any ideas? I will admit it has baffled me a bit as well, especially considering her priced at, which is 40. So she's not basement priced. She suffered a broken leg last season. The only thing I can think of is that she is a promising young midfielder who is listed as a forward. So if she can come back in and find a place in that Bulldogs midfield, that might be one of the reasons to consider her. She may be one to keep an eye on if she starts the season well, could be a great downgrade for an under 
performing premium. Yeah. I mean, it kind of speaks to the fact that no Bulldogs player, in the forward line at least, is owned by more than 2%, other than Goodnecht, who, as we've said, isn't exactly a, a must-have pick. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite an interesting one. And it does, as you say, Mel, speak a bit to the fact that the Bulldogs probably aren't going to be the most fantasy-relevant side this year. The only other angle I can maybe see is she only played two games in Season 7, so she has been awarded the discount. Mm. So, I mean, from a literal her price stat that she would be coming in otherwise because she did play, I believe, majority of Season 6. One, two, three, four, five, six, eight. Like, yeah, majority. She's got potential there. It's just been discounted on her, so maybe she's one that if she gets named and she plays straight away, boom, like cash gen right there. Yeah, I, I can only assume, as you say, like... She's priced at around about a 30, 32, 33 for an average of 40 last season. There's a bit of upside there, I suppose. Yeah, she's not the most consistent player. I mean, she had the four scores in the you know low 20s, low to mid 20s, and then some great scores up there in the high 40s mm. for that 30 average. But yeah, I'm going to, you know what? Maybe I'll just chuck her down as a watch and wait. Nice. I like that. <laughs> Slap one of those on it. Yeah, awesome. Wow. So... So that's us. That's our 18 clubs in however many days. There were 18 days. It wasn't consecutive days, but there were 18 days. Yes, because no two episodes came out on the same day. Exactly. <laughs> Would you look at that? Yeah, awesome. So to anyone that's still listening to our 18 clubs in uh, some days, thank you very much uh, for sticking with us. You can find us. I mean, we've actually already put out our best 21 for the Bulldogs, so stick on our Insta for more interesting content because we will be doing cool kind of collaborative reviews of the different lines and then building our fantasy team together. Stick around on the Instagram and we will be releasing new content soon. You can find us on Insta and Twitter at FreeKickWPod. Where can they find you, Will? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at WillH underscore VI. Nice. And I am on Insta as HiMelD. Thanks for listening and we'll chat to you soon. Thanks, everyone. Bye.